are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. Um, there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. At Creator Thomas24 from my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, for today's show, we got Arm Layton for part two, Locked on MLB Prospects host, Arm Layton, that is. We're going to be talking about Jordan Lawler, handing out some awards for the D-backs minor league system, and breaking down the Cy Young finalists as well. So it's a jam-packed pod, as always. But thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. This podcast is not possible without you, the listener, subscribing, sharing, reviewing, doing all that jazz so I can come on here and talk baseball. So thank you. But now, let's jump right into the pod where Armelane of Lockdown MLB Prospects. You are a Lockdown Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day but let's talk about the number one guy on this list who had a disappointing end to his season just like a Corbin Carroll and that was the D-backs first round pick in this past draft Jordan Lawler I believe he only played two games but I didn't even put his stats down like he played two games like he had like one hit or something like who cares what he did in two games but he, he did look solid in the two games he played before he hurt his shoulder signed for a pretty nice size deal around six uh, around 6.71 million dollars number two overall pick it gets compared a lot to Bobby Witt Jr. the Royals uh, top prospect so what can you tell me about Jordan Lawler and his projections for the D-backs? Yeah, I mean, Lawler, for, for me, was a guy that I thought may go number one overall. And then as we got closer to the draft, I, I thought it might be Mayer, uh, who went to the Red Sox at four. And then I thought maybe it would be, you know, of course, Henry Davis. And mm-hmm. it ended up being Henry Davis. But you could have made the case for any of those three guys to go number one. So for, for the D-backs to get him, I think, was a huge win. And you talk about the power. Uh, the, the other two guys in Carroll and Thomas are really dynamic, high floor, though, bat to ball guys that I think are going to play great defense. And you have a high chance of them being at least solid big leaguers. Lawler has a chance to be a five tool player and to be a p- potential superstar, albeit with a little bit more risk as a high school guy. That's a shortstop uh, with big power, but he's got five tool potential. And that's why he gets those Bobby Witt comps. He's to me was the best defensive high schooler in the draft at shortstop. He has the potential to be a plus defender. He's a plus runner. He's got, I think, a feel for a, above average power. If it all works out for him in terms of just being a good bat-to-ball guy, which we have to see. Obviously, we only saw two games, so I got to see a little bit more, but I love his swing. I love everything I've seen so far. He might take some time to climb up through the minors, but I really like his tools across the board. It's a great 
get for the D-backs to have him fall to them. And you know what? This is somebody that, like I said, might not get there tomorrow, but has the potential to be you know, your, your best player in your entire system very soon. And, and by the time he gets to the big leagues, could be your franchise player, similar to the way we're seeing Bobby Wood Jr. be regarded uh, over with Kansas City. Obviously, he has to hit a lot to, to get to that point, but I think he's got a good chance to be able to do that. Yeah, and I don't really have a, a take on Jordan Lawler. I haven't really seen the guy oh. play. Yeah, he got hurt pretty quickly, but he seems like a pretty toolsy guy. And if his defense is as good as you say, like that's always an area that the D-backs love. Over the last decade, they've been one of the best defensive teams in baseball. This season, it was a real struggle, so don't look at the defensive statistics. But prior to this year, the D-backs were one of the better defensive teams in baseball. So it's no surprise that they want to go after Jordan Lawler. And, and especially when you think about the position he plays, shortstop, Currently, the D-back shortstop is Nick Ahmed, another defensive-minded guy, but offensively, kind of a liability. So I think the D-backs might want to be doing a little changing of the guard in a couple years, put in still an incredible defensive player, but finally have that upside and ceiling of a Jordan Lawler. So that could really help expand this D-backs lineup. If you look at him with a Carroll, a Thomas, maybe add a little Nelson, that rotation, a Walston. So D-backs future should be looking bright. Of course, you never know. Maybe they start trading these prospects to a Marlins and like a Jazz Chisholm, like what they did. If they get back a Zach Allen, I'm okay in that deal. But D-backs don't don't do the no don't do the Dansby Swanson deal when you're training <laughs> these guys before they even have a chance to bloom like let's wait let's be patient if you don't think you're really competing right now anyway might as well be patient and let these guys make it to the major league level but arm I want to hand out a few awards only gonna hand out three I had MVP and Cy Young written down as well but D-backs already pretty much handed out those awards. They said Alec Thomas was the MVP of the minor leagues and Ryan Nelson was a Cy Young, and both of those guys were deserving. So we don't really have to rehash the debates for those guys, rehash the scouting profiles for those guys. But who do you think was the most improved Diamondbacks prospect when you look at what they were doing in 20, I guess really 2019, since there was no minor league season last year, compared to how they improved through the alternate site stuff last year to how they're now performing back in the minor leagues. Who do you think was the D-backs prospect that impressed you the most and improved the most? Uh, that's, a, that's a really good question, man. Because like, I look at somebody right away, of course, when we talked about what Alec Thomas did this year, but he was already great. You know, he was already a really good prospect, but to take his game to the next level, the way he did, that was obviously a really, really exciting thing to see. Uh, I also think it's, it's a little slept on what Seth Beer did last season. I mean, mm. like I, I know like Seth Beer is not the most exciting defensive guy in the world, but you talk about this, you talk about the fact that the D backs don't have a ton of power. Well, here's your answer. And if we have the DH in the National League like we expect, I was really happy with the improvements that I saw from Seth Beer. And Seth Beer put up some good numbers prior, but he had not really shown the consistency to get on base, to, to be able to be that truly consistent power hitter. I love what I saw from Seth Beer. He cut the strikeouts down a ton. He was somewhat competent defensively. Uh, so I think he improved a little bit there as well. And I mean, he got called up for, for what, five games at nine at-bats and homered in uh, one of those nine at-bats in the major mm-hmm. league. I think this is a guy that, that could actually be one of the long shot guys for rookie of the year next year. If he just absolutely mashes, it's hard for a DH to win it. But I'm a big fan of what Beer did offensively last year. I really think that he took his game to the next level, started walking a lot more. 
And I think people just sleep on him because he's limited defensively. But you know what? This is an offensive game, right? Like everybody wants the home runs. Everybody wants the production. And beer can give you that. Arm and I will break down the Cy Young finalists, but I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats, and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Bilt Bars. Bilt Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Bilt Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar, with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Bilt Bar. Or go for a raspberry Bilt Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein. Covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough. Go for a Built Bar or two. Share some of your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Market calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. Yeah, I don't care about his defense at all, Arm, because the D-backs <laughs> had only one player last year with an OPS above 760. That was Ketel Marte. The D-backs desperately need more offense in this lineup. So if Seth Beer can do it, uh, we should add him to the team because, like you said, in the small sample size we got, the dude was tearing the cover off the ball on the major league level. Like, he was already unreal. But, like everyone says, it was negative. They put him at first base literally one time and he like tore his shoulder in the first game he tried playing first base for the D-back so the defense is definitely going to be a work in progress but I'm praying I'm praying with these CBA negotiations that they bring the universal DH back because I'm tired of seeing all these pitchers strike out I want to see the DH back in both leagues I think it just makes sense I don't understand why we have a game where two different leagues play by two different rules it never made any sense to me so if they bring back the DH I'm praying Seth Beer is the everyday DH for the D-backs. And Christian Walker is entering arbitration. So you you never know. I think he's coming back to the D-backs next season. He's only projected to make like around $3 million. So it won't be a crazy price tag. But if something does go raw, uh, you know, Ari, if the the D-backs maybe decide to trade Christian Walker to a contender at the deadline who might need him a little bit more, maybe they promote a Seth Beer and just do a him and Pavin Smith, put two in at first base. So there's at least options for the D-backs. Uh, at first base next season if they want to go away from a Christian Walker. But who do you think was the biggest faller out the rankings for the D-backs minor league system? And I think, we'll see what you say, but I think this is a pretty obvious answer, but I want to see what you say first, Arm. Yeah, I mean, Christian Robinson, right? Yeah, yeah. He didn't even play. like, And I know he was dealing with with some other issues off the yeah. field, right, and, and a pending legal issue. So I, off the field is, is one of those things where it, it's hard to to be able to talk about that from a, from a prospect perspective. But that's somebody that has all the upside in the world. And, and you know, he came with some questions on the field and in terms of his consistency, and he just wasn't able to do it. Uh, to, to give you a little bit less of an obvious answer, somebody that I really – and I still like him. I still like him, uh, but this is obviously – 
uh, was disappointing to me because I was hoping that he would have a breakout year this year and really build off of 2019. Right-handed pitcher Luis Frias, who, who mm. did call it up for a cameo, and I still think he's going to have a shot to be a good arm. But he struggled. He struggled this year. Uh, and double-A, he just could not quite miss bats the way he did the year prior. He still got the swings and misses, but he couldn't miss barrels, I guess would be the better way to say it. When he was giving up contact, it was loud contact. 16 home runs and 78 innings, it's not going to fly. Uh, and, and that was the big issue for him. The fastball at times can be a bit hittable. He's got good breaking stuff. He's got a really good curveball. And the velo on the fastball is high. He's just missing over the middle a lot. If he can develop a third pitch and improve the command a little bit, he's got a chance to be a really exciting, dynamic starting pitcher. He's still just 23, but I definitely was disappointed that he he took a step back last year. And uh, still some time for him, obviously, and he could still develop into a nice piece. Yeah, a lot of the D-backs pitching prospects were – Pretty disappointing last year, to say the least. Corbin Martin had like a 10-6-9 ERA in the few starts he made. J.B. Braskakis had like a 7-7-7 ERA. Like, it was not a fun season for these young pitchers that was so high on entering the season, especially seeing what they were doing in spring training. That just lets you know, guys, remember, spring training is just practice. Do not make anything of it because I was woefully disappointed after seeing spring training, having some baseline of expectations, and then seeing what they did in the major league season. Always remember to not go too high on spring training stats. And Christian Robinson, he was sentenced, I believe, to 18 months of probation. So it, it, he is dealing with some legal troubles off the field. Like his, his career like is in jeopardy and in doubt. And it, you know, it's just a tough situation right now for him, for a guy who was number one in the prospect rankings, according to MLB.com, just last season. So to see the, the fact that he's fallen out the rankings and he might not we literally don't know what's going on with his career. It's up in the air right now. So Christian Robinson, hopefully he can get it together and get back to the D-back system. But Arm, I think it's time to switch up the conversation a little bit now. We've been talking a lot of prospects, but let's get back to the major league level because we saw the awards, the finalists finally announced. And I want to first start with the Cy Young move to the National League. We're going to be talking about Cy Young MVP and breaking it down real quick uh, before we send Arm off today. So I guess you could throw on back your Locked On Marlins hat. I guess you could switch it out now uh, for your Locked On MLB Prospects hat. But let's first start with the National League and talk about the Cy Young because you got three finalists, Corbin Burns of the Brewers, Max Scherzer of the Dodgers and Zach Wheeler of the Phillies and I got some stats here courtesy of MLB.com Burns won the MLB ERA crown in 2021 with 243 ERA Scherzer was phenomenal he had a 246 ERA 236 strikeouts 180 innings pitched and then you had Zach Wheeler who had a 278 ERA led baseball in innings pitched complete games shutouts batters faced uh I think I think Corbin Burns led uh, the majors in strikeout rate, strikeouts per nine, strikeout to walk rate. So all three of these guys have a different case. All of them led the league in some stat or another. But when you look at that Cy Young race in the National League, of course it's loaded. But who do you lean with for the Cy Young Award? Yeah, I mean, you set the stage well, right? Every guy has that strength uh, for their resume. I, I, it's hard to say that. Corbin Burns should be any like shouldn't be it you know I I know that the argument for some is like oh he only threw 167 innings and I understand that Uh, but you know this was a year where we're coming off of a weird season and a lot of guys were managed very carefully and you know to compare it I I called it the Blake Snell precedent because Blake Snell won the Cy Young in the AL in 2018 despite throwing 
far less innings than Verlander. And uh, I forget who the other – Corey Kluber was the other finalist. Mm. So I looked at it there and I'm like, okay, you can still win it when you throw the least innings. Back then, 22 pitchers threw at least 190 innings. This year, this past season, only seven pitchers threw wow. more than 190 innings. So I think you got to keep it relative to the competition. And Corbin Burns, from a numerical standpoint, he dominated. I mean, he had the best ERA. He, he had just dominating numbers. He pitches in one of the most hitter-friendly parks in baseball and gave up the least home runs uh, in baseball per nine innings. Just absolute domination, struck out so many guys. I, I loved everything I saw from Burns this year. He, he's got to be the, the guy for me, uh, for, for NL Cy Young. Armin, I will wrap up the conversation around the finalists, but we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. Yeah, and it's tough. Like, I, I don't even know how to lean, honestly, because it's such a loaded feel. And yeah. when you're doing these podcasts, you never want to be the fence sitter. Like, no one likes a podcast with a dude like, oh, yeah, of course, you're like the three finalists. Like, that's why they're the finalists. But if I had to choose to go with one, I would probably lean Corbin Burns as well, just because of those strikeout numbers are so dominant. So he, absurd. So absurd. His quality start percentage was a little bit better than a Scherzer and a Zach Wheeler, like literally just like one or two starts more than those guys. He was second in game score, if you care about that. So I think he was just a little bit more dominant and he did help throw a no hitter as well. So I guess you got to count that. Uh, He helped lead the Brewers to a postseason berth as well. Max Scherzer was dominant. Zach Wheeler was dominant as well. But I still care about ERA and the fact that he led in ERA and was striking out the most people. I'm probably going to give it to Corbin Burns of the Brewers. So let's now transition to the American League. And before we transition real quick, I thought the National League finalists were pretty loaded compared to the American League because I was surprised like a Walker Bueller wasn't a finalist, uh, even a Brandon Woodruff. Like you could have had yeah. just said the finalists were just the Brewers top three starters. Like that's how phenomenal they were. Literally. literally. And Bueller, I mean, we were, I was talking about that with my buddy a couple hours ago. We're like, you could make the case for Bueller to fully be in the conversation too. I think if he's in the AL, he might even win it. It, yeah. it definitely is better on the National League side. I totally agree. Yeah, I thought I thought this was impossible trying to, especially at the All Star break when I was trying to do like my All Star ballot for these pitchers in the National League. I was like, there's like 18 dudes with like a two five year rare worse. And when I went to the American League, it was like three guys in the same situation. So uh, the, the pitching in the National League is definitely a lot hotter right now. A little bit of the DH effect, too. I think, you know, you can't sleep on the fact that you get uh, one batter off every every time through. And I, you have to wonder how, how that's going to even out if they do have the DH in the National League uh, next year. 
No, that's a great point. That's a big reason why I want to see the DH back because it adds a little bit more offense. Now, I do think maybe the talent's a little bit better in the National League because when you're debating who's the best pitcher, 38-year-old Lance Lynn, Robbie Ray, who the D-back just literally gave away, or Garrett Cole, who just doesn't seem like the same guy after sticky stuff, uh, the DH plays a part into it. But I think there's also some talent level. But I definitely agree with you that the DH plays a big part into it. But let's talk about that American League Cy Young because you got a Garrett Cole. He's going to be a finalist. You got uh not going to be, he is a finalist. You got Lance Lynn of the White Sox, Garrett Cole of the Yankees. And man, I can't even believe he's a finalist, but Robbie Ray of the Blue Jays, former Arizona Dimeback and Robbie Ray, which is so frustrating to watch that last <laughs> season in 2020. And the fact that he's even here, it's honestly mind-blowing to me. But Robbie Ray won the AL ERA title with 284 mark. He led the majors in strikeouts as well, pitched 190 innings. So Robbie Ray had himself a phenomenal season. Uh, Lance Lynn had a phenomenal season. Oh, were you saying something? I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was Okay, okay. I thought I heard like a noise in my headphones for some reason. Yeah, Lance Lynn, he was pretty phenomenal on the White Sox this year as well. But I think the fact that he's on loaded rotation might have helped him out a little bit. And then you had Garrett Cole of the Yankees. He had a 3-2-3 ERA. He had 243 strikeouts, which was third in the majors. But I don't know. Garrett Cole down the stretch, I don't think I believed him, believed in him as much. But where do you lean for the Cy Young? I think the American League is actually kind of easy. Really, I, I, I honestly I struggled weirdly with the American mm. because I, I like Robbie Ray, but he also gave up a lot of hard contact. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah, that's what he does, right? He gives yeah. up a lot of hard contact. I think a lot of it happened to go in the gloves, but you know, at the end of the day, it's what they did that year. And Robbie Ray paced the league in strikeouts. Uh, he paced the an ERA, like you said, and this was in some bad environments too, right? Like he was pitching in multiple spots, whether it was Buffalo or Dunedin or wherever the, the heck they stuck the, the Blue Jays, which were all hitter-friendly environments, he was able to survive them. And I thought he was obviously the best version of himself that we've seen. Uh, his whip was strong. Strikeouts were ridiculous. ERA was strong. And like you said, Cole faded down the stretch. I'm probably going Robbie Ray, but I do think that Cole still had some of those defining moments, you know, Get a couple complete games and some spots had those really big starts. But on a macro scale, I'm probably going Robbie Ray. Yeah, I think for me, it's that second half is really the big difference between these two because Cole had a 4-1-4 ERA in the second half. September, October, he had a 5-1-3 ERA, gave up at least five earned runs in two of his last three starts. So right when the Yankees were really trying to get away from the Red Sox in that second wild card spot, he just kept bringing his team back in. So because of that, and then I juxtaposed that with a Robbie Ray, who had a second-half ERA of 2.53. It was 3.13 in the first half. So he actually got better in the second half of the season, and he led the American League in quality start percentage at 72%. So on average, he was giving you the best start among the three finalists. So I'm going to have to lean Robbie Ray for that one, which just pains me to say because the D-backs <laughs> basically just gave him up for nothing. And I thought that was the right move at the time because yeah. I was over the Robbie Ray experience. But here we are, him potentially about to win the Cy Young. I mean, I'll be honest, man. I I, I did not see this coming either. <laughs> yeah. He was the type of guy when I saw him pitching, I was like, all right, I'll bet the over. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I never I never thought that he would be able to, to do this. And I, I think he's going to take a little bit of a step back next year just because when you look at the, a lot of the advanced metrics, they point towards you know, him being a little bit lucky with a lot of the 
hard contact he gave up. But there's no denying that he made some major improvements. So some major uh, bump in his velo and got much tighter pants as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Robbie Ray, he he's he looks like a different cat right now, and it was probably good to help get him out of Arizona. I got into some Twitter spat one time where I said the change of scenery probably helped him out a lot, but some Blue Jays fan responded. They're like, no, all the Blue Jays did was make him go back to his original delivery, and that makes me question, why did the D-backs change his delivery in the first place? I don't know. Maybe that's why so many of these pitching prospects struggle when they get to the Major League season. They just start messing with their delivery. Who knows? Hopefully, the D-backs can get that cleaned up so they don't miss out on more potential top prospects, more potential Cy Young Award winners in their system. And again, Robbie Ray just was going downhill the last few seasons with the D-backs, and now he's back to being a Cy Young candidate. It's really crazy when you think about it. And maybe playing in the American League helps. Who knows? He is going against the DH. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Shout out to everyone who tuned in today. Go back and catch up on any pods you might have missed. We had a part one with Arm Blaine yesterday breaking down the top five prospects in the D-back system. So don't, don't miss out on that conversation. Go back and catch up on any pods at the beginning of the week. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. This podcast is not possible without you listening, sharing, subscribing, reviewing. So thank you so much. And of course, come back next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe. And stay healthy out there. Deuces!